0: It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Each week, we take you inside all the big sports stories at USF from the perspective of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp.
1: Never going to say that we're ever scraping for 15 minutes of material, but there's no way we're going to keep it to just that on this particular full speed ahead podcast with all that happened this last week and I'm not just talking about your adventures Michael Kelly uh, we'll get there first of all I, I don't know if you've got any necessary muscle soreness or <laughs> sprained anything from last week before hey, we you
0: jump out of airplanes and, and rappel down 40 foot tires you get a little sore but you got to show up to work every day you know <laughs> what I mean
1: I don't know if I would <laughs> i <I'm> probably <laughs> taking the warning off but we'll get a full summary at the end but we're talking about of course big wins and exciting wins for football, for women's soccer, for women's golf, and big news uh, involving volleyball and, and plenty of other things around South Florida athletics. But yeah, let's start off with the football game at Raymond James Stadium. And, uh, let's see, the football team had been running the ball well, passing game was uh, up and down, and uh, it was all on <laughs> national awards left and right for what happened with Byron Brown and one guy in particular Naeem Simmons Naeem Hemmens is now being called cuz he is him.
0: <laughs> he is him. That's great. No a tremendous game. I mean to to wrap up a three-game homestand which we haven't had that many of them in recent years and uh to to go 2 and 2 and 1 on that one and to be able to finish with a conference opening win over a team like Rice that has uh, a prolific passing game, a great quarterback had beaten Houston earlier in the year so to come and and get a meaningful win like that to start the conference slate was really important. And uh, we talked about it last week. We knew it was important, but it's just so proud of the team to go out there and, and, and execute. And as you said, particularly in the second half and when things really started to click and made things uh, a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun to see people perform at that level.
1: You know, people would just go back. Maybe they didn't watch the whole game as it was unfolding and, and see the big plays, but not realize kind of the way it, it went in context of the game because the, the end of the first half was not good. Rice scored and... Had the ball to start the second half, first pass, long down the field to Naim. Drive was a minute and six seconds, and actually clocked it in real time. It was a minute and ten seconds. I mean, that's <laughs> how fast they went down the field. And then after that sequence, which could have left some teams down in the dumps. As you're one inch from going up 27-14 and instead fumble 80-yard pass, Bulls got it right back with their defense. And so these plays didn't just happen in a vacuum, but they were also in in the portions of the game where it could have gone in a different direction. So that says a lot about the team.
0: It does say a lot about the team. And obviously even to get down there for that pass, we, we had Brown make an unbelievable Unreal. catch too. So a lot receivers making plays was a, was a great thing to see. But, yeah, let's face it, uh, in years past, that play would have been something that uh, defeated us. And uh, for them to bounce back and to be able to uh, uh, really even step it up to another gear just kind of shows the belief that they're starting to, to gather, the talent that's assembled there, and and just a great coaching, great execution.
1: And I love some of the messages uh, from the coach afterwards because for us, just so thrilled to get the win and all the highlights that went along with it. But Coach Golish, right from the beginning in his media, while obviously knowing how positive it is, two things. uh, He wanted to say, we've got to clean some other things up. So it's not just like, oh, it's a win, it doesn't matter. No, he wants to do better. And secondly, when Joey Knight, I believe, of the Tampa Bay Times, wanted him to sort of go grand scheme with it. This means a lot to the fan base. And he's just like, so matter of fact, like, this is just part of our process. We're getting it done. He's so goal-oriented. And I think that was just the first part of a bigger goal
0: yeah he believes in the process he uh, he, he preaches it to everyone involved with the program staff and, and, and players alike and uh, you know I've just been very very impressed with how he's continued to, to handle each and every day in terms of uh, the work ethic and the focus on just making yourself better every day everybody having a role uh, including uh, and, you know, absolutely everyone has, has their role, needs to kind of focus on getting better every day.
1: One thing that must have been incredibly difficult at the league office, it was clearly going to be a Bulls player that was the AAC player of the week. How do you pick?
0: Yeah, I was very <laughs> curious how they're going to trick between uh, between Byram and Naeem. So uh, when when Byram gets to have those extra numbers by beating, what, the leading leading rushing quarterback in the in, in the country and huh. uh, getting the extra nod with the 400-plus uh, uh, yards and passing that deck, I guess, the the uh, full the full package there kind of gave him the slight nod over his uh, his uh, receiver.
1: You know, the guy that set the school record for receiving yards and the guy that uh, set the state college record and that's your, you know, Florida FSU Miami types. Uh,
0: I was pretty impressed with our sports information staff to come up with that stat that quickly. That was pretty cool. That was pretty. Cool.
1: That was uh, <laughs> that was excellent work and Joey Johnson who's yeah, fancies himself a bit of a historian. He's <laughs> a historian. <laughs> he cannot wait on the broadcast to put it into perspective. And then you hear the name Ron Sellers. The great like thing about
0: Joey, he probably knew exactly when the last one was. <laughs> so it was perfect. So.
1: <laughs> well, a couple guys on our staff were, uh, you know, yeah, whippersnappers when that was happening. Not me. I was uh, not even born. Uh, now, not just the AAC Player of the Week, but the it was named to the Davy O'Brien Award, Great Eight Quarterbacks, and Manning Award Stars of the Week. First ball since Blake Barnett in 18 and that was until Saturday the second most passing yards in a game when Barnett went for I believe it was 411 at Illinois so that was great and now what a scene if you're going to go on the road uh one of the best places to go and I I, this is only from hearing and I'm sure you've been there many times I've never been unfortunately myself but Annapolis
0: Maryland oh the Naval Academy is one of the special things about college football everyone needs to see a game there I was uh Fortunate, my father uh, went to the academy, and he was stationed there when when I was a young boy. So I I used to run the obstacle courses and play around there. And went to uh, most of my college football experiences as a young boy was always at the Naval Academy. So it's it's special for me personally, but it's just special for the country. It's a it's a to see the pageantry of uh, of our midshipmen uh, marching to the game and being a part of a uh, part of that will make it special. So I'm excited for our guys to experience that. I know they want to feel that, and and coach talked to them about that. That hey, we're going to a very special place, and and uh, just kind of the next step in our process. You know, one of the things as we go away from football to all
1: the other wonderful results from the last week, Uh, two victories, major victories for our women's programs. I guess you have to rewind about a week, though, with golf. But still, when we last left it, they had the ace from Leo Medeiros, and they were ahead by one shot going into the final round. Uh, They closed pretty strong. They ended up winning by 9 shots and you know that's a field where I looked at the rankings a lot of teams were around the Bulls and all of them were basically in the top 125 so Erica Brandon not just putting that team into any event that they can win easily this was no sure thing and what a performance and what a ranking they get as a result
0: yeah I mean the uprising we we continue to talk about and we're so excited to be able to continue to talk about is is real Uh, they've gotten better each and every year you're right I remember winning a tournament two or three years ago Let's just face it, it was a a field that was was beneath their standard. This is one that was right there in their wheelhouse. They went out and won in a commanding way, now vaulted all the way to 34th rank. When I got the job here, I remember talking to Erica the first day I got it. I think we were 165, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and she's continued to make progress to kind of move up each and every year, and uh, we're excited about the team she's got this year and and another talented field uh, that they're playing against this week and continue to get us ready for Obviously, the big conference match in the the spring. That's what it all leads up to. Yeah,
1: they're in Toledo this week. Florida Gators, one of the premier teams in that field, and that's a Monday-Tuesday situation. As far as the women's soccer team, should have had, Two big wins over the weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've got a we've got a broadcasting guru that's had good photography that was able to point that out, right? We, we My that. No, that's a pretty clear picture. But yeah,
1: uh, it was. It was a Thursday night, and uh, Charlotte played very well. Their goalkeeper made some great saves, great but one she could not stop—not on the field anyway. That proved afterwards to been goal was not ruled to goal on the field. Still. To bounce back from that tie, it wasn't a loss, it was a tie. And they're still tied for first place in in the division. And the team they're tied with, East Carolina, comes to Corbett this Thursday so they can break that tie. But out of conference on Sunday against number 21 Gonzaga, a team that is number three in the country in scoring goals, has a nine-goal game, has a seven-goal game. The Bulls held them to one. And pop them for two that's one of the biggest wins in recent memory probably since the NCAA tournament a few years back
0: yeah that's right to get a ranked win uh, against a really talented team like Gonzaga was great and, and you mentioned it I mean it was tough pill to swallow to kind of have to in, a, in essence settle for a tie against against Charlotte but uh, that, that's the type of thing that can can beat you when you have if you don't get over it quickly and so to see them move on and play uh, we played so well yesterday against uh, Gonzaga to get that done and, and uh, uh, very impressive to get that 2-1 victory.
1: And it was a great crowd, incidentally, on a Sunday afternoon when, I don't know, 1 o'clock, maybe NFL games are going on. Yeah. Uh, but it was fantastically received, and you can just tell they, they popped those two goals early in the second half. Corey Peace, who is from a transfer from Florida, scored the first one, and uh, set up the first one to Peyton Vincey, who's a transfer from Oak State, too. Just wonderful young ladies. Denise Shilter brown told me after the game, it's, it was so great to see them get rewarded, but also getting rewarded with another player of the week in the conference is Ms. Peace because she had a golden assist, so it's nice. They've also added Anna Suter, who's one of their leading scorers. Denise, you know, she, this is her last year, but she's still working hard on the recruiting trail and bringing in some talent, let me yeah, tell you.
0: Very talented players. That was uh, two beautiful goals that we were able to punch in early in the second half yesterday to get the victory and the and, uh, – I'm really glad to see them, see Corey get, uh, you know, get awarded and honored with the with the player of the week. So the, our graphics department's busy, and that's the way we <laughs> want to keep it. That's
1: right. And, and just so you know, I mean, they know, they know ahead of time. You know, it's not like they wait for the announcement <laughs> and then they whip up a graphic. But that's still a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. And it is good uh, when you're having to put in that extra work on a Monday to send out a bunch of said graphics. On that note don't know how long this one's been in the work, but I look at our uh, ex-Twitter page, and I see all of a sudden from Beach Volleyball that pre-Pantadosa Lima is the, and this is very interesting, men's club development for the United States national team, under 19 and under 20. Uh, maybe you knew about this. Uh, can you h- fill me in on how this happened to be? And it's not the women's team. It's the men's team.
0: Well, I just know how pre uh, so well regarded as we've talked about in the in the sport nationally and internationally and uh, doesn't surprise I didn't know what exactly was in the works I just know that she's you know set great standards for the program she's worked for the U.S. national team before and hmm. this is another great opportunity for her so it's going to be great to help uh, help bolster our brand and, and her to refine her skills and continue to to showcase uh, uh, you know USF beach volleyball and put it on the map
1: Team USA men's under-19 and under-20 head coach with the Men's National Team Development Program that will be in early November uh, in the Cayman Islands. I, I mean, I have to cover this event. <laughs> I have to cover this event. <laughs> it sounds you,
0: need, you need to do what you need to do, Yeah,
1: <laughs> I will if I need to. Well, actually, I think at that time, as we transition, not a planned transition, but that's right around the time the basketball season begins, and we knew what the breakdown of the opponents was for a conference, but on Friday american athletic conference actually gave us the date so a couple of interesting notes i see that the, the women's team start and ends with SMU, which is kind of, it's different. And the men's team, and we knew this already, but again, uh, all these teams coming in from Conference USA are d- so difficult, and they start off pretty early. They go to Memphis and, I think, to UAB. So it's going to be challenging for the men. Let's start with Amir Rahim and how they're facing their situation.
0: Oh, well, they're very excited, obviously, getting ready for the first official days of, of, of full-blown practice, but doing great jobs and, and workouts, getting the guys settled here and, and ready to go. Uh Looking at the schedule that we have, it's it's going to be uh, be challenging. I saw in Blue Ribbon uh, Basketball Report they predicted us fourth in the in the conference on the men's side, so they obviously believe in uh, Coach Amir and Coach and the people he's brought in. Now we've got to put it together and go out and go out and play and challenge uh, challenge ourselves with this great schedule. But you're right, I think it's January 18th or so. We go to Memphis. We start at home against Temple. Um, you know, we got a huge matchup when. Uh, FAU comes to town, the Final Four team coming in uh, on a weekend day. I think it's a Sunday and uh, about middle of the middle of the season there. So that'll be a great opportunity for us to, uh, uh, you know, showcase uh, USF basketball. Yeah, the uh,
1: FAU team, that'll be Sunday, February the 18th, and the Times and all of those will come out eventually, but the dates for now will suffice, and they do officially begin practice this week. I know they've been on the court with workouts, and the difference is in your know, practice, you get to actually correct run yep. plays and that kind of
0: thing. Yeah, full-blown, full squad action.
1: It'll be here before you know it. We mentioned real quick, we talked about the beach volleyball coach getting this national honor, but let's talk about the, the indoor volleyball and the team, which started off Conference with that five-set victory against Tulane, the only team from the East to beat one from the West, right. and then they split in Memphis, which you know was picked to win the East Division. So a solid start, and they're well above 500 now.
0: That's right. We got going two and two and one on on to open the conference play. Uh, we've got a, a couple of injuries, and they were still able. Next person up played well, and and uh, looking forward to uh, we've got UAB coming up, and keep trying to win that East Division. Be great to kind of be that East Division champion, so we can keep our eyes on the prize.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. Now let's get to it. We alluded to it early. Why might you be injured? Uh, you told us about
0: your first <laughs> I'm not day. injured. No,
1: why might you oh, have been okay. injured? <laughs> but you're not. And so, uh, what did you endure as far of the, as part of the JCOC? Yeah,
0: you no, know, as we talked about briefly last week when I was actually still in the midst of the trip, it's the J C O C is called the Joint Civilian Orientation Conference and since nineteen forty eight the Department of Defense has kind of had a program that is an immersion program with all the different uh, branches of the armed services to Uh, be able to get a better understanding of of what we what those what our services offer what we have to uh, you know there what how we can understand the what the men and women of the armed forces go through and how we might be able to help them as Hmm. business various businesses across the country and so i was very honored to be invited to to be a part of that there was about 30 of us from across the country that were a part of this uh, overall tour started the pentagon on the sunday night got to hear from. Uh, different uh, foreign policy analysts and things of that nature, which was really cool. And I'd never been to the Pentagon building itself, and it was a really uh, interesting experience, of course, um, and uh, just 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 fascinating. And what struck me is not only the focus on obviously our protection and and, and our on mm-hmm. our forces, but you know, as modern society and technology continues on it's really you know the armed forces also focus a lot on the humanitarian efforts because when you think about things that uh that our folks do it's not just uh defending things but obviously with as whether it's climate change or natural disasters or other sure. other countries at war how can we help on the humanita- humanitarian side which i think from a recruiting standpoint sometimes people don't understand there's there's some that absolutely want to be on the front line some that are afraid to, to do that and don't want to do it and that's not really what the armed forces are about quite frankly you can find the niche huh. of so many different jobs that uh Exists in each and every branch, and that was one thing that I really, that that I really took away. Uh, the second day we, when we talked last, we were at Fort Moore, which was kind of the the day for the Army, and that was just uh, fascinating to see to really see kind of how the Airborne Rangers and others are are trained and and, and things of that nature. It allowed me to do a simulated uh, drop from a 30 foot. Uh, tower which was cool and then ziplined about 100 yards across the across the field so wait, that
1: wait, a, what's actually, a simu- what's a simulated yeah drop? i
0: wasn't able to that just means they have a tower where they have like a plank that you have to step off of and, and have the confidence that the that, that everything they strapped you into is a, is solid so uh that was that was exciting um uh allowed you to shoot and see different weapons at uh at uh at uh at, uh, at fort moore and then what i was impressed with there just these amazing this tank demonstration that they did where they can shoot uh, that's so powerful and so speedy that like uh, they've told us like over a mile a second for some of the ways that some of these strike weapons can, can, can work in a, in a tank tank warfare. So really impressed with that. that, that power. <laughs>
1: Sounds like we're in good hands. <laughs> incidentally.
0: The next day we went to uh, on the Marine Corps side, it was at Paris Island and that was a day where they really just put you through exactly what it was like to be a, an incoming uh, Marine on the very first day with the, drill sergeants yelling at you and standing in the footsteps of where everybody gets gets uh gets brought in going to the barracks the whole the whole nine. So that the Whoa
1: whoa wait, wait a second.
0: It's pretty intimidating even you know it's half fake when you see those guys with the tilted hats coming at you ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> tilted hat. I can see it. Man oh man. But it was cool you need at, to get you a tilted and hat. And at Paris Island they they literally have yellow footsteps in the in the position of, of standing at attention that are always there and that's where everyone goes when they get first indoctrinated wow. into the Marine Corps and it, they kind of say hey what I kind of me with the statements like you're standing in the footprints of where you know thousands of men and women that have entered the Marine Corps don't let them down mm. <laughs> and that's what they said each and every one of them in terms of because it just kind of strikes strikes that kind of tradition into what what you do which is fascinating uh, that was Paris Island the next day for the Navy we went to Kings Bay nuclear sub base and uh, just north of Jacksonville in, in Georgia and that's one that's very, very secure. It's very unusual for them to let you have that kind of access because that's where we have a, a great bit of a, uh, we went on the USS Wyoming, which happens to be one of our nuclear subs that are, that are that are there, but it's it's a very powerful nuclear base installation. They showed us not only going on a tour of the sub itself, but went to the building right there on campus there where they actually build the missiles uh, that- uh, My goodness. That uh, kind of defend our country to the utmost. And uh, that was a fascinating experience. <laughs> Going everything from seeing that live to to uh, going on the ship to meeting the soldiers that protect that base, it was uh, it was fascinating. Could you
1: give me an idea of like the size? I'm trying to picture. Is it, is it like a
0: football field? I mean, it's funny you should say that. It's exactly, but it's just slightly over the size of the football what? field. That's still pretty. <laughs> four impressive. stories. It's kind of four stories in the size of a football field. Yikes! And interestingly, the the on King's Bay, their their operations building, where they do all the training and the simulation, where people are learning how to how to ride in those. Uh, Subs and operate them uh they made the building that's exactly hundred yards <laughs> too so it's 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 the second largest uh building office building in the country right behind the Pentagon, so it's a pretty interesting thing there at King's Bay <laughs> then with the Hurlburt field uh kind of on the Panhandle area of Florida for the u s uh um, air Force was their special ops command and they did all kinds of different displays there in terms of uh Uh, full demonstrations of jumping out of the helicopter to the river to uh, doing reconnaissance missions to be able to set up what was a full simulation of what it might be like in terms of getting ready for uh, staking out an attack on a certain day for the special ops people. So we witnessed that the night before. Then the next day went to the thing. They actually did a full-blown demonstration. Again, got us into into the helicopter with the open air, and I was able to fly in it and everything and then go to an, an actual uh, you know kind of a simulated battle station where they were able to to show a, a field where they're literally they're shooting from all over the place and, and uh but to actually ride in one of those cop and one of those choppers was a, a real thrill for me. Did you or anybody
1: asked to like let let your feet hang off the sign? <laughs>
0: no, I was no? I was holding on. Okay. Like like you should. Good. But uh, still pretty neat to look back and see everybody doing that. that been a but but it was fascinating guys because they Literally, there's, there's well over 40 or 50 dropping down on the, on, on the airfield at the same time from, from parachutes. Then you've got the whole simulation of what they do, then flying to a different operation. Then you've got everything from 747 size planes circling the area to different, uh, the, fighter, the fighter copters, and, and then obviously the ground assault on top, on top of that. So to kind of show that and to see the power and to see the training that goes into each and every aspect of it was just just fascinating. And then the last day, we were able to go to Miami and uh, went and spent the day with the Coast Guard. Saw everything from a, a life-saving rescue mission uh, out out there, about a couple miles off the coast of Miami, to uh, showing a simulated, uh, you know, capture of of a of a uh, you know bad guys, if you will, in terms <laughs> of in terms of in the, the speed of those ships and the way that they empower that. And it was pretty impactful because the ship that we went out on the cutter we went out on had just finished uh, busting a human trafficking ring the day before, so it's very <laughs> real in terms of what these guys are up to each and every day. But uh, but along the short of it, it was just a fascinating trip, and I look forward to sharing more details and photos as we go go on. But the bottom line is we're very good hands. It's yeah. unbelievable to see the type of dedication that everybody has, to see the precision of not only officers but what young people do for our country. I mean, there's there's people, that, and, it, and I assimilate it when looking back and coming back with the pride for our own student-athletes. We've got, just as we've got an 18-year-old quarterback going out winning Football games. There's 18-year-old guys Mm. driving multi-million-dollar airplanes and subs and and uh, and choppers, which is just fascinating. And again, they're all trained for it, and it's just a different, different mindset. I was so impressed with the way that people uh, um, train, take pride in not only their country, their branch, but their their people. It's just like everything. That's kind of what resonated the most. It's all about people, just like it is here, just like it is with any winning organization. And the other thing I loved about it is that not a side comment, not a presentation, politics were never mentioned over a seven-day period of time. Everybody's there to do their job, to do their mission that they're asked to do, (laughs) and do it out of love, for again, for their colleagues, their comrades, their country, and for their branch of government. And it was, I mean, branch of military. And uh, it just kind of shows when you kind of focus, put your head down, and really have your priorities straight that uh, we truly do live in the greatest country in the world.
1: Sounds like my it kind of awesome. people and it sounds like they really went all out and uh had you flying all over the country obviously.
0: Oh, they did. They went all out. Uh obviously we want to repay it back with the kind of great things we do on the salute to service and what we can I think in their eyes do to kind of the call to service cuz quite frankly they uh they want to they need to keep recruiting and getting uh uh manpower for all of our uh, all of our branches so that's something that we want to continue to do cuz as you know USF is one of the very best schools in the country for veterans coming out of when they finish their service, coming in and getting their college degrees, and we want to continue to, to serve that great uh, mission here for USF. And and with our ROTC programs and our closeness with McDill Air Force Base and many other military outreach here, we have a lot of great combinations between wow. the military and USF, so That's we'll salute right. that when we get back to uh, our Salute to Service Day in early November.
1: And somebody else that was saluted, by the way, it sounds like you obviously have a soft spot for the Navy, but now appreciation for all the branches. My soft spot is definitely for the Coast Guard. Little known story. I would not be alive <laughs> if not for the Coast Guard. It was—I was I was eight years old, and my my mom and my brothers, we went out on a raft, and the guy pushed us off the beach and said, see you in Mexico, jokingly, and like three hours later, we were lost. We were in the middle of nowhere, couldn't see anything. And the Worst possible case, and here comes Coast Guard. <laughs> like, thank you, God, thank you, Coast Guard. So they're always there. The yeah, they the really court. are, man.
0: And I don't know how they found us because we weren't that. That was not a big raft. It's fascinating too, to be honest. We went in the control room at the at Sector Miami for the Coast Guard, and you kind of yeah. you see where every buoy is, you see where every boat, at least the ones that have the right equipment, is, and and, <laughs> and, and uh, it's uh it's fascinating. They're hearing. We heard distress calls coming in at the, that very okay. time. There's people there. 24-7, no matter what.
1: And then something else that happened last week that was awesome, and not just here locally, and you kind of have a, a couple ties on this because the college football playoff is actually what organizes uh, Extra Yard for Teachers. And here locally, Tuesday was the big national day, but there were three uh, schools, specifically Oak Park Elementary, whose teacher that was given a $1,000 check and this money, again, comes from the college football playoff. was named the Hillsborough County Teacher of the Year last January. Right here, Piso, the K-8 school, gets a $1,000 check. And the USF Preschool for Creative Learners, $2,400. So, uh, again, some of the things that people might not know about, but uh, going
0: on, and, and, and it's from the CFP. Yeah, um, when I was with... Th- with the cfp back uh you know from 2013 to 2018 you know it was important to the commissioners and the presidents at the time to make sure for the first time really that you could establish a a new uh, a new foundation and a, and a charity focused on something and what better for uh in the realm of higher education like us and to salute and, and find ways to support teachers and educators and, and that's what uh, started back in 2013 it's continued on ever since and and it's continued to to grow in terms of the amount of money that's given out each year to really again b- bolster and salute and and uh you know really help teachers any way that we possibly can because just like we talked about in the military a few moments ago teachers are another another discipline where where we're very short staffed nationwide and there's nothing more more important than to continue to to make that uh, a profession that people look look to and want to be a part of and, and can retain and main, maintain themselves so Glad we can play a part in that. It's been great to see the CFP works through all ten conferences that uh, that that are a part of the CFP, and and all the 132 institutions have ways to to have that big day like we did with those three schools you mentioned here in the Tampa Bay area. Dozens of teachers uh, at the game this weekend as well, and and having our you know having our coaches saluted with the green apple symbol of the of of the XGR for teachers. So it's been a, been a great program. It's great to see this grow over the last ten years. Well, thanks for sharing all the information. And
1: now, what's this week? You're doing a triathlon? you doing one of those double <laughs> triathlons? Nothing on, on
0: on the agenda? All about the Bulls. All about the Bulls. That will keep
1: getting Good. better. Good. Well, I'm sure I'll see you around at a variety of events. We've got, as we mentioned, women's soccer playing for the division lead Thursday. We've got volleyball at home Friday, Saturday, and, of course, the uh, football team in Annapolis
0: on Saturday afternoon.
1: Thanks for joining me for another episode of Bull Speed Ahead. That was Quite a lot of stuff to recap, and I think we nailed it.
0: <laughs> Lots of great information. Look forward to uh, more in the coming weeks, and thanks for everyone's support. And Go Bulls. If you want to stay in the know on South Florida athletics, we've got a pretty good inside source, Initials M K. Horns up, everybody. Go Bulls speed ahead with Michael Kelly with new episodes dropping each Tuesday right here. I lay it out so you can play it out.